Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, managing editor, Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. Head there for all your pro wrestling, MMA, unboxing news, features, interviews, exclusives, all that. We did a Triple G versus Canelo to Pocho, a fantastic fight. Carlos Toro had some amazing insight on that. Check it out at FightfulBoxing.com or just Fightful.com. All over the place. I am joined tonight, September 16th by Alex Palowski. You all see him on our post-Raw, post-Smackdown shows. Alex, how are you? Um, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling Come after on. the end of that, but we'll talk about it as we get through in this thing. Make it seem much more bleak than it really is. I'm, no, also... I'm, I'm a prisoner of the moment. What can I say? Yeah. I'm also joined by Jeff Hawkins, who was <laughs> recently killed on air on our Smackdown post-show podcast, but is able to, to zombify himself and come back on Sundays here and there. Well, and Saturdays. If you didn't have Saturdays. To, if you didn't have to go live, I'd be fine you know, an hour later. But, but Sean Ross Epp, I'm happy to be here on Bengals Talk. Um, yeah! I'll talk to you about 10 minutes about that. And uh, No, I, I'm, I'm really liking a goth teenager Alex Palowski tonight. This is going to be great. <laughs> so well, well, let me tonight. tell you. This Play is some- Alex Palowski. He's covered Raw for two years. That's true. So, I mean, this is, <laughs> it is Alex Palowski at this point. Yeah. Guys, uh, please visit Fightful.com. We're going to run a contest soon based on uh, story comments. If you comment on a story there, we will interact with you. We'll chat with you. Just leave your thoughts on the story. That that really helps. We've got those forums. want to get those up and rocking. And, of course, we have the FightfulSelect.com premium service. Head over there. Poke around. There's probably some stuff you're going to like. Let's talk WWE Hell in a Cell. You know, when Renee Young was moved into her commentary role and Coach was moved onto a pre-show panel, I thought it's probably a better fit for him. And as it turns out, I think it was a much better fit because I tweeted, I don't know how the math works on this, but Coach Otunga and Rosenberg together, I thought were pretty good on the pre-show. Alex, uh, were they less insufferable than usual to you? Um. I just kind of faded into the background. Um, like I didn't, I, I usually feel like um, 
Renee's got a little bit more enthusiasm to her stuff to like keep it moving. Um, Coachman was very subdued, like you know he he is, uh, but he tried to bring a lot of knowledge or whatever. But I mean, uh, and also it felt like Booker T didn't have the same level of energy that he had with Renee. So it felt like there was just very you know you know very level headed. No, um, uh, but yeah, it was just one of those things. L- listen, I found out about five minutes before the pre-show started that they were going to put Rusev Day versus New Day on the pre-show, and I was just like, "These poor guys can't catch a break." And and so f- I was kind of watching the pre-show with that in mind, considering that they were just basically talking about all these matches that I pay attention to week after week, and so I know the matches are happening. So that, that Rusev Day match and New Day match went about nine minutes. Uh, we'll talk about it in just a moment. Baron Corbin talked to Mick Foley backstage about his duties tonight and rejects Mick Foley's advice as a general manager. Foley always has this look on his face of like, I wonder if I'll get respected tonight. And he never does. Alexa Bliss has a good backstage interview with the panel. Otherwise, harmless pre-show. We did get the WWE SmackDown Championship match, New Day against Rusev Day. I post my match ratings. Uh, they should be up in about 40 minutes. But New Day defeats Rusev Day at what I thought was a, a really good, really fun match. It felt longer than nine minutes. But it did. Jeff, watching this, it made me want more babyface Rusev Day. It didn't make me want a split. Well, that's when I saw you tweet that, 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 that's what's funny to me because they they work baby in the ring, but everything leading up to it is heel. So it, it, I, you know what? I'd love like a nice fifteen minute match with these guys, really telling some sort of story instead of what has become a very entertaining but very, for lack of a better term, I'm going to say predictable, but not really predictable kind of new day style tag match where everybody yeah. kind of gets you know certain spots in, but I, I liked the match a lot. I'm, I'm hoping they don't, uh, they don't break them up. I, I was expecting Aiden to screw it up somehow. And then Rusev to thrust kick him after the match. Um, but I think, you know what? It kind of shocked me that they said, Oh yeah. And in Australia, we're facing the bar. I was like, okay, we're just going to move on like that. Huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah. The team that didn't win the tournament yeah. gets a title shot on the bigger show. Yeah, how does how does that make any sense? So there's a because, couple of uh, early tornado DDTs and some good hostile hot tags from Biggie and Rusev. This makes me want a Biggie versus Rusev like 13 minute sirloin beef sons of bitches exhibition, hoss fight, and a damp rag for my forehead just to wipe myself down afterwards. Uh, Biggie does that goddamn Yolo dive. <laughs> Scares me every time, but Aiden English is actually the legal man. He does a Tope Con Hilo and a front DDT. Alex, I'm loving babyface Aiden English's like offense that I'd never seen before. I didn't see this during the Villain days. No, no. Even the, the Villain days, they were they were wrestling a gimmick. The whole thing was yeah. straight gimmick work. Uh, so he's actually getting a chance to, to, to show what he really can do because a lot of the stuff that he does now didn't fit in with that gimmick. Um yeah, I, I'm I'm loving Aiden English. I, I I really like this match a lot. I loved all the blind tags, like all these things of like who was a legal man. Uh, really, it, it mattered. Um, and uh, yeah, I agree. I I love I love Babyface Rusev Day. Uh, I love that the the crowd is behind them. Um, I, I I agree. It does it does appear to me 
like they are moving fast toward a um, a breakup. Uh, it was it's too bad because it was one of those, like they don't need to have miscommunications in order to lose. They can just lose matches. They don't need well, to like. Let me, let me set that up first. There was this awesome spot. It's a power bomb, double stomp. Jeff, Ricky, and Robert didn't do that one, old timer. <laughs> no, but my you favorite see that in the Crockett Cup. Oh well, my favorite spot of the match is still the thrust kick to Kofi on the outside. That thing. Was... Kofi gets launched over the top rope. Yeah, Rusev lands a big kick. That was a beautiful spot, Jeff. Oh, loved it. Ricky really, and Robert really didn't good. do that either. Hey, they sure as shit didn't. Sure. Some miscommunication between Rusev and Aiden English. It was just too good to be true. English applies the accolade, which I thought was great. And they had me in doubt. I thought Kofi was going to tap. I really did. I was like, wow, Aiden's going to win with Rusev's move. But he doesn't tag in. Rusev gets pinned after a trouble in paradise. Good stuff. Good stuff. But but Jeff, the split, I don't need it. I I like Rusev Day as an act. And they need good, solid tag teams on on that show for the most part. So I don't don't see the... I don't see the point unless they're really going to put the rocket on Rusev, and I don't see that happening on SmackDown as the uh, lineup currently is. No, By the I, way, I am completely over this Kofi Kingston pretending to be a white guy shtick. Like it, yeah, it's bad. It was cute the first time, like maybe three years ago, and it's like, okay, now, come on. It's not let's, great. Let's move past it. I mean, you, you need to have a top uh, babyface team that's not your babyface champs. They have to be there in order they there can be your gatekeeper for the for the guys, the heels who are gonna wind up taking up, you know, like the team everybody roots for, but they can never quite make it. That's great. And you don't need to have tension between them during the whole thing. You can just, you know, enjoy rooting for them. Yeah. It's it's maddening that they can't seem to keep guys on the same page when they're writing for them. This match went about nine minutes. I really enjoyed it. I also really enjoyed Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy. Alex, we said on the preview show, this does not need to be 25 minutes. It needed nope. to be a sprint, but I like the 25 minutes that it got. It, uh, outside of Randy Orton slapping on a chin lock 14 minutes in, <laughs> I thought it was is good. It was good. Ray, or Jeff Hardy surfboards the table into the ribs of Orton, later hits Whisper in the Wind uh, and the Poetry in Motion. The first thing that I noticed from the aesthetic point was if WWE was going to use this new red cage, they did not need a giant red LED board in the background. (laughs) They did not need to light their crowd red. They didn't need red ring posts. But it's hell, Sean Ross Sapp. It's hell. Red is the color of hell. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. That that is, or at least as far as as what we're told. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. There's an Orton superplex and a whisper in the wind that didn't finish every, anything off. But then Orton does this uh, front suplex in the ladder that was really cool. Then he beats the piss out of Jeff Hardy with this chair and makes sure that his mesh shirt is off so it will hurt a lot more, Jeff. Oh, yeah, you know, that thin piece of uh, polyester going to protect him. Well, you, you have to. <laughs> so then the spot happens. Let's talk about the spot. Do we have so to? Randy Orton's had a lot of ear play lately. He's, he's, <laughs> he's had a lot of ear play. Mm. So he mm. reaches under, and you just know what Jeff Hardy's thinking. He's like, that's the sound of a tool chest falling down the stairs. A la Daniel Stern. 
Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Only it goes much worse for him than Daniel Stern. Randy Orton sticks a screwdriver. Do you all know if it was Flathead or Phillips Head? It looked like Phillips Head to me. Looks like Phillips. All right, Phillips Head. And then twists it. Kind of, kind of, Alex, like you do a vice. Yeah. Uh, and as we know, nothing stronger than a vice. But <laughs> this was a beautifully gross spot, Alex. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't say beautiful. Um, I, uh, once, he, once I realized what he was doing, I just, I just turned away. I didn't, I didn't Come on. Um, I'm, uh, I didn't, I, uh, a little, little queasy with weird things. Come like, not, on. Not, not blood, but like, no, seriously, just the idea of, oh, I have a giant hole in my earlobe and some big dick is going to put his, his like, what? Jerk? Where are you going with this? Some big, some big jerk is going to put uh, a, a screw, a screwdriver through my ear hole thing and then twist it like a lug wrench. Untightening nuts on a on a changing a tire. Nope, I don't need that. Listen, don't you're need, about to set me up it. for a Bluetooth segue here with I, this, this vernacular you up, you're I'm, using. I'm trying to set you up, but uh, but apparently uh, it's not. not <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Jeff, this was not something you see every day. Um, from a critical standpoint, it took me a little bit out of the match. I understood the the what? thinking behind it. Just hear me out here. How if dare I have a, you? If I have a screwdriver and anything goes, I'm shoving this up a guy's nose. I'm sticking it in his ear, trying to get a submission. That's the thing. I mean, sure, I'm putting it where his ears pierced, and it's naturally a hole, and, and I'm doing that. It looks gross. Don't get me wrong. I understand the thinking behind it. I think it was pretty smart on that level. On a different level, if you're watching this with a certain amount of suspending your reality, it takes you out of it because a guy has a has a screwdriver as a weapon, and he's hey, using. Sir, it's a Phillips head, not a flathead. I did not say flathead. <laughs> if if everything is legal in that toolbox, then the one then the thing he brings up is a screwdriver and uses it in that way. There's other things you could do. I'm sure there's wrenches and hammers and whatnot, but, you know. That's why the thing is they, they don't want to mention stabbing is illegal because yeah. they don't want to mention stabbing at all. Well, why would keep, they? Keep in mind, though, my favorite match of all time is Tully Magnum. I quit where a guy had a piece of a chair trying to stick into a guy's eye. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going from that kind of youth where I was subjected to those types of things, and yet I did not go to school and try and stab a classmate. Go figure. But at the same time, I get the spot. It was gross enough. And trust me, we had enough brutality in this match to keep me sassified. So I'm very, very happy. Like I said, outside of the chin lock 14 minutes in, I I liked this match. Uh, Shout out to OMG, our good buddies, for the donation. We encourage donations on that super chat, guys. Support Fightful. But Hardy ups the ante after uh, kicking Orton. Right in the penis. Hits a twist of fate and a swanton. I just love that ball shots are just automatically in the arsenal of every SmackDown star now. It's like when you pick up that WWE game and everybody's got the the float over neck breaker. Like they float over like The Rock did and then hit a neck breaker. Everybody doesn't do that. Curtis Axel doesn't do that. It's it's the Japanese influence in in modern wrestling. I'm really liking it. So Orton is put on the table. 
Hardy grabs a ladder, climbs it, grabs the top of the cage, swings, and then face plants. Orton got out of the way. I thought this was a great spot without having to kill Jeff Hardy. It ended the match. The referee did a great job selling this. And Randy goes, no, piss off, mate. Count the pin. Which apparently nobody cared to do in the main event. But We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about yeah. that. Stretcher job was planned. The finish was planned. It all went perfectly for those asking. But the referee, I thought Alex did a great job, and this was a good finish to this match. The referee did uh, did a great job of selling it. Like he's hurt. I don't want to count the pin. And, and Randy's like, "No, if you count the pin, I'm going to win." Uh, that's fine. The problem was that Roy, Randy rolled off that table 17 seconds before Jeff landed. Like he <laughs> rolled off way too early, and the original shot didn't show that. That was fine, but they kept showing the long shot of him like rolling off the table, and then 1001, 1002. 1003 Jeff falls and it's like oh Randy you, you rolled off too early and it kind of like I don't understand why Jeff let go but they're, they're, I liked that Corey Graves was selling it that he lost his grip and that's why he fell so that actually made it work to me like it wasn't intentional like Jeff yeah. was going to stop himself from falling because he claim, plainly saw that Randy was no longer on the table I okay, was so fine. fixated with what Hardy was doing I wasn't paying that much attention to Orton anyway yeah. I was so fixated with or I'm I loved Orton's toughness in this match yeah. because he got his leg sliced up by a ladder. It was that, nasty. That, that ridiculous belt with the studs on it uh, sliced his back up to pieces. Oof. Look, we I mean he's taken you remember when in the Jericho match when he took the uh the thumbtack bump. We we undervalue Randy Orton's toughness. And, and my man was I mean, look, his character can be boring at times, but when he has to put his body through something, I mean, even even the Brock Lesnar elbows when they he goes, no, legit slice me open. You gotta you gotta give some love here to Randy Orton for taking some of the shots he takes in in big time matches. Yeah, and it happens with regularity. To be honest with you, I mean, he, as you mentioned, it's it's not something new. He uh, he's done this often. And I thought this was a good match. I would say this is the best one-on-one match of Randy Orton's I've seen since maybe the Seth Rollins WrestleMania match. That, that's how far I would go. And probably uh, he had a great one with Jericho in 2014 as well that I would put up there. But good match. Great pay-per-view opener. Yeah, best Orton match uh, for me since House of Horrors, I think. And <laughs> go to hell. No, we're moving on. Shout out, to Nicholas. Shout out to Nicholas Kent for the donation. Thank you very much. WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Becky Lynch defeated Charlotte Flair. Even Becky Lynch's stroll to the ring is better now. Mm -hmm. And I had been told a couple weeks ago that WWE was going to pivot from this. And they have a bit. Not fully, but they have to a degree. Enough, I think. They trade holds until Charlotte gets caught charging the corner. And I thought she made this spot look really good. She hit that corner hard. Uh, the pace picks up, and we get brawling that we probably should have gotten early on. Becky really works over Charlotte's arm, including a modified cattle mutilation. Charlotte's able to stop the barrage with a big boot to the face, but there's no water in the pool in a moonsault attempt. 
We will talk more about Rousey's armbar during her match, but Becky's is better, which is incredibly confusing to me. Charlotte power bombs her out of it, though. Becky gets caught in a Boston Crab on a missile dropkick attempt that makes it to the ropes, applies disarmor, and Charlotte gets out of the ring. And then when Charlotte goes for a spear, Becky turns it into a DDT and gets the win. Jeff, did you see this result coming? What did you think of the match, and what did you think of the finish? I did not see this win coming at all. I thought maybe she'd win by hook or crook and then take the arm off after the after, you know, maybe a, a cheat of a win or something of that effect. I I think Rob McCarron is right on this. I think Charlotte's get gonna tie Ric Flair's title reigns, and I think they're gonna have these kind of short reigns in between. But in this case, it's a good thing because it helps Becky. This might be Becky's best outing since the triple threat at WrestleMania three years ago. I, I, I think she looked really good here. I'm not certain on how good Charlotte was in the match, but I think Becky herself looked really good in here. And it seems like, I mean, if they're not going to pivot, she looks good as a heel. I'm going to be honest. I, I like her as a heel much better than a, than a baby face doing straight fire arrow yep. pulls and things like that. I mean, but if they're going to pivot, it's going to happen on Tuesday when Becky is now no longer angry and Charlotte gets mad. That That's going to be, that's my thinking that there might be a double turn there. I think they pivoted enough to make me satisfied with this. I don't need Charlotte to be a heel. I just need Becky to not be written to insult the crowd's intelligence because we saw the poll yeah. where WWE was like, did you really have Becky's back through all this? And it was 93% yes. I halfway expected them to be like, but really did you? Are you sure? <laughs> well, the the... the, the- the positive, if they are pivoting in some way, and it's just kind of like a mild type of tension between, is that you can get to horsewomen versus horsewomen now without yeah. the, the lines being drawn. I don't know if they're still that's still the plan, but it'd make a lot could. more sense than Nikki or than what Nikki Bella stuff they're working on. Thank mm-hmm. you to King Juni for the donation, Alex. This match, it, the win got a big pop too. Yeah, they did. Uh, this was the match that uh, that a lot of people I know, and my, myself included, cared the most about on this card because it was the the possibility was there for this to happen. I didn't think they would they would actually follow through, but I'm amazed that it did. And I was I was anticipating the possibility of it. Uh, I did not think it was going to happen the way it did. Becky just being super smart about it and countering the spear into the DDT, as you said. Um, uh, there was there's there was one thing that I that was kind of a constant through both women's titles matches tonight um, uh, was uh, either um, selling forever and then when you don't need when you don't, when you it's required that your bad shoulder that's been worked on the entire night when you need that to like deadlift somebody into a power bomb that's fine and then go right back to the shoulder I hate when that happens um, uh, there was some bad selling later in in the night in the other women's title match. But I fully expected um, Becky to off to, to take the handshake and then Charlotte turn on her in that moment. That's what I expected. And I'm glad I'm it really, didn't happen. I'm so yeah. glad it didn't happen because I love defiant Becky. Like, no, this is my moment. I'm, this is not about you giving me the rub. I yeah. beat you fair and square. I love that. And I also like the idea that Becky is a baby face. She's somebody we root for. She just hates Charlotte. And that's a totally uh, an identifiable characteristic to have. Like, I, I totally identify with that. 
it was a nice it was a nice pushback against the crying we've seen for and yes. you know hugs in the middle of the rings. I really yes. thought it was smart. Yes. So you know, they're they're almost the comical comparisons where people were calling her like female Steve Austin and stuff, and that's not the case. But I mean, you don't have to have her out there stomping mud holes and throwing out stunners and cracking nope. beers. But she can, like, without saying it, be like, you know, I don't trust anybody. Trusting people is what got me into this mess to begin with. And I like that. When Charlotte tried to shake her hand, she said, you're not going to take my moment from me again. And I like that because to people like us who break this down, look back at Hogan Warrior. What's the talking point that Hogan has put out there ever since then? Well, brother, they were all watching me leave instead of watching him celebrate. And how Hogan kind of on the fly went in there and gave him the title. Becky was like, no, we're not doing that. I won. You lost. Deal with it. Alex, you cover SmackDown with me every week, and we've talked about the ring rust on Charlotte. Do you think tonight's performance was an improvement? I think she works really well with Becky. Yeah. And uh, I, I, as, I, I, just, I think that's the case. You know, she works better with certain people. As Kyler at K Sports on Twitter, pointed out on our Twitter, at Fightful Wrestle, he's a sucker for good limb work. And if <laughs> you are a sucker for good limb work, and you want even better limb work, our buddies at BlueChew.com have you covered. Maybe you've had a little bit of ring rust. Maybe you're looking for a better performance. Get up BlueChew.com. Use that code FIGHTFUL and get your first shipment free. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, whether you're the opening match or the main event. Since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. You can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. They're prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person's doctor visit, no waiting at the pharmacy, no more awkwardness. They are made in the USA, and since they prepare and ship direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. BlueChew.com, use that code FIGHTFUL, just pay $5 shipping. You don't have to need BlueChew to use BlueChew and really get the benefits. Maybe you just don't have that confidence, my friends. Maybe you spent a few months on the shelf and you're looking to get back at it. BlueChew.com. Code Fightful. Hit them up at Get Blue Chew on Twitter. Let them know you heard about them from us and that you like the segues. Hot dog. Good match. I enjoyed it. I'm interested to see where things go on Tuesday night. Also, speaking of interested, Dogs of War defeated the Shield to retain the Raw Tag Team Championships. Jeff, this was some damn good tag team action. I thought so too. Um, I thought, you know, we, we've, uh, for the main roster, there hasn't been a lot to talk about on the Raw side compared to, say, the Usos and the New Day, Rusev Day having great matches here and there. I mean, we thought we were going to get that with the Revival in the mix, but we didn't. So, and, you know, NXT's been killing it with Undisputed Era and Mustache Mountain, that feud. Um, I, I thought this possibly tag team match of the year uh, on the main roster. Alex, Dogs of War win, so they had that little bit of heat going, but man, this has really revitalized Dolph Ziggler, yeah? Oh, 100%. 
Um, I, 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 I do like, it. I do like it a lot. Um, it's, it's one of those things where, it, when so, when somebody asks asks you to like, uh, give a, a snapshot of the past couple of years of Dolph Ziggler, there's that point in there where he was added to a United States Championship match for no reason, won it, and then gave up the title and went away for a while, saying the title wasn't good enough for him. Then he came back and. Like it, it was in an intercontinental title, which is basically the same thing as U.S. title. It's so weird, and he still has the record scratch in his music, it's which so doesn't odd. make any sense. Like it, all of that is ridiculous, but he's so at home in being the Shawn Michaels to Drew's Diesel. Like he's he's just he just oozes smarm and cockiness. His arrogance, he just walk walks down to the ring. He's great. It's perfect for him. I, I love it. I hope this whole thing is like the renaissance of Dolph Ziggler because he's doing great work. I loved how excited Drew and Ambrose were to fight each other. Yeah. Throughout this entire night, they just were really excited to fight one another. You get the typical heel works over the face stuff. And for some reason, Ziggler screams at Rollins to do something before putting him in the sleeper. However, one of my favorite spots is a spot that was almost a trope like – 10, 20 years ago. It's the ref misses the tag spot that we never see on WWE TV anymore. We almost never see it on main roster. Somebody misses the tag. And they did that, and the ref didn't see it, and it got a great amount of heat, Jeff. If you just take a good spot, you don't do it every damn week, and you bring it back, it can get a good reaction like And this. it works. It, it does. Works because it gets everybody – it's weird, though. In context, there was a lot of heat put on officials tonight. I don't oh, understand yeah. what was going on there with that through line. But in classic tag team wrestling, a you know what? If you don't have a manager out there and you don't always want the, the heels to be cheating, a simple missed tag due to like a double team or something will, will be – I love it. I love yeah. that that kind of that kind of homage. I, I do think it's a little bit watered down due to – having three other matches with, with ref problems. But other than yeah. that, I mean, I, I really like And I loved the finishing move here. I just love the way that whole sequence was, was executed. I, I thought that was just, I went, wow, that was pretty. Ambrose clobbered Ziggler with a real nice lariat during this match too. Z- McIntyre counters a flying elbow from Ambrose with a belly to belly into the corner. Then Ziggler and McIntyre stop a Rollins suicide dive by catching, but Ambrose flies out onto the group. I don't need to see Ambrose doing suicide dives all the time because they're slow, but this was a good spot, and it made sense. Crowd is real hot. Rollins misses a curb stomp, gets a Falcon Arrow. There's a series of pin attempts, and Ziggler gets a 2.9 on a zigzag. Great series. Rollins super kicks Drew a couple times. Drew kicks out of the frog splash. Then this finishing spot. Rollins hits the superplex. Goes to the Falcon Arrow, but in midair, or not midair, in <laughs> mid-move, McIntyre gets the Claymore. I don't know if Ziggler was supposed to kind of do the zigzag there too or not, but it didn't matter. It doesn't matter what went on. It was a great finish, Alex. Oh, it's one of the top five. Like, that in that instant, that that thing of, of Drew diving back into the ring, running up, hitting the Claymore, as, like, the timing of that, one of the top five finishes of any match I've ever seen. Like because because Drew had just been thrown out of the ring like right before like you always watch these matches these tag matches and you can spot the times where the guy gets into the ring a little late or he's 
a little early and has to like buy time. Like that was perfect. Like, like, oh, it was so beautiful. I, I, I loved it. I, I, I just, I, I cackled. I cackled with glee watching that on my couch. And I'm, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Sean Ross App here real quick. He wasn't supposed to do the zigzag because he was almost out. Yeah, and that's part, and that's part of the beauty of this spot was yeah, just his right. arm being draped over the yeah. body in kind of a half out thing. That's what oh, that's what made it art to me. Continue, Alex, please. No, I, I got to put over Michael Cole. Michael Cole called one of the best matches of his career. I think how into this match Michael Cole was. That was that was really really good. If you all go back and listen to him, he was real pumped for this match, and he was biting on the false finishes. And yeah. he, you could tell he was really biting on the finishes. Not like WWE, one, two new champions. Oh, no. Not like that. <laughs> so like hats off to Michael Cole. Fantastic call of this match as well. Alex, any uh, closing thoughts on this one? I did want to say the, uh, the, the missed uh, tag by the ref, that was a revival staple during their run in NXT. Mm-hmm. And they, they used to set that thing up brilliantly, like on purpose. Not not in weird, but like, here is the spot where we're going to do this move. Like yeah. They would do like hand signals to set it up. It was so great. And I love seeing it here on the main roster because the Revival never get to do stuff like that. So somebody else can take it and use it because it's a great spot. Jeff, anything else? You know what? I'd, going back to Alex's first point, I'd really like to see Ziggler with the with the handcuffs off with Drew, like just cutting like an old school '80s promo right into the camera to see how much heat he could get. Because I think this type of thing, if they wanted him to be a bigger star, which I think Drew's the star of this act, don't get me wrong, but if if Dolph had the ability to cut kind of an off the cuff, cocky, smarmy promo, it would make this act with just yeah. Drew smirking behind him. So, so much. I, I compare their career trajectories to kind of like the APA where Ron Simmons was the guy who was the world champion and JBL was the guy who was going to become the world champion. Even though while they were a team, I don't think anybody except for WDB for a brief moment ever expected that. Guys, if you all don't know our, uh, pay, our, our podcast schedule, rather we go post-Raw, post-SmackDown every single week, Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday is listing your boy with myself and Jimmy Van, the founder of Fightful.com. He provides a uh, very unique bit of expertise from a business perspective. You all got to check that out. We have guests. We do things a little bit differently on that show. Also, we have the Fightful MMA podcast every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. I talk to MMA insiders James Lynch and Showdown Joe. Joe has 20 years of experience covering MMA. He's a licensed ref and judge. And James Lynch talks to dozens, if not hundreds, of fighters every month. He gets more pro wrestling scoops than most wrestling journalists, and he doesn't even cover pro wrestling, which is kind of amazing. Also, we have a complete slate of Fightful Select podcasts. If you all want to check those out, that is over at FightfulSelect.com. It is our premium service, kind of an add-on if you all want to support us a little bit more. One of those shows is the 205 Live NXT May Young Classic Review from Mr. Warren Hayes. This week, since all of those are going to be on Wednesday, we're going to bring you that show for free as it airs at 10 p.m. Wednesday night. So tune in right after May Young Classic NXT 205 Live and chat it up with Warren Hayes as he reviews that show. Up next, AJ Styles defeated Samoa Joe for the WD, or to retain the WWE Championship. Jeff, I saw you mention on Twitter, it's very clear Vince likes this promo. 
they showed it they showed it on the pre-show they showed it on the regular show something about it made him laugh 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 and the response somebody asked me is it is it does he like it enough to give joe the belt and i go he may like it enough to give joe aj's family in storyline because that's his sense of humor that is That's right down point. Vince McMahon's alley. But yes, you can tell somebody somebody is sniffing their own farts over that promo because they I mean, they really, really loved it. They didn't even bother to play AJ's. They just so played that one. I, after you posted that, I sent a tweet to some or a tweet, a message to someone within WWE, and I said, Vince likes that, huh? And all they said was to say the least. And I was like, <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay. Makes sense. <laughs> so I'm super glad that this didn't kick off with a headlock because so many of AJ Styles' matches where he's been kicking a guy in the balls back and forth, you go in there, you slap on the old, hold on, left-handed, slap on the old headlock, <laughs> throw the, the left foot in front of their body, and just crank it. Oh, well, well then you, you get down on your knee and you really crank it because it's a grudge match. That didn't happen here. It started with some really good brawling. There's a specifically great sliding knee from AJ Styles on the apron that I liked. Joe caught AJ midair outside with a kick, then threw him into the stairs. AJ takes that stair spot as well as anybody in wrestling. Then there's this really violent suicide dive and a collision inside the ring. After fighting back, Styles lands a moonsault reverse DDT, hit it beautifully, got knees on a a lion salt. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Followed up with the power bomb and the Billy Ghost Goat's curse. But Alex, I will never not be impressed by AJ Styles hitting a rack power bomb on Samoa Joe. I think I first saw it 13 years ago. Uh, we had the TNA Unbreakable Retro Review as actually a free preview of the Fightful Select service on Fightful.com. And I'm still impressed 13 years later. Maybe more impressed now considering the age of the guy. Oh, yeah. No, these, these guys... Um... They're, they work so well together. They put on an absolute clinic tonight. What I loved about this match, more than anything else, was the fact that Samoa Joe did not resort to cheating in any way in this match. No underhand, no, not real underhanded tactics, just fought the guy, and, and, and AJ fought him back. There were times when each guy was legitimately... Um, in control of the match, and also and each guy was legitimately fighting from underneath, but it never felt like it was like written to be that way. It felt like these are two guys having a real fight uh, back and forth, and, and there were times where, where Samoa Joe looked like he was overmatched at certain points, and it was really cool to like watch him come from behind to like get get big moves, and then and then AJ would would respond. It was a back and forth, a perfect perfect match. For, for, for much of it, um, uh, I, I, I really, really loved it. Um, the finish um, is, is interesting, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure. We will. So Joe clobbers AJ with a clothesline and is able to block a Styles Clash and the calf crusher. 
He throws a really awesome enziguri that just cracks AJ. Oh, so and good. Styles is somehow still able to do a 450, springboard 450. Joe catches AJ in the Kikina clutch but gets pinned. He is livid at ringside, says that Styles tap. Let's talk about up to that point. Jeff, what did you think of the match? Loved it. Um, I, I also think that the the blood came in handy, too. For, for a blood feud, even though it was an accident, I guess Joe may have like punched him in the nose accidentally or something. I, I loved everything about this match, too. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic, man. It was hard-hitting. It was the type of match that these two guys needed to have. Now, my issue was, more than anything, with commentary, except for Corey Graves. Corey Graves was like, guys, I saw him tap. And Tom Phillips and Byron are like, that tough shit. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. And the rest decision's final. And I'm like, when do you hear real broadcasters say, who cares about the evidence? Who cares about what's right? Who cares about the, Moving the on. real call? Yeah, I, I, let's talk I, about based I, refs call being final. Does he have a ball I can hold? I I uh I, I just I, at some point you expect Tom Phillips to go fake news, fake news. Um, yeah. and just like it just like doesn't does no no I'm sorry. Like I don't understand. Shouldn't these these guys they can have people they root for, but when confronted with visual evidence. They should be like, no, that's that's true. I see that he did tap. What I love about this uh, thing is that um, it's great. Like this is a, the reverse angle fuck finish, as we call it, uh, is mm-hmm. the classic. I, I love the reverse angle one because it, it used to be like a thing where they would actually have to go and find the videotape, and like it yeah. would take forever to like cue it up or whatever. But now we have just oh, there's a reverse angle there, and here it is. Uh, I like that later they dealt with it in the way they did. Um, but I will say this. This seems to be the only way that you can beat Samoa Joe when he's got you in the Coquina Clutch. He has he has lost to Finn Balor this way. He's lost to somebody else in the same way. Uh, just recently, um, basically, Shayna Baszler does the Coquina Clutch, the Kirifuna Clutch, uh, and she lost to Kyrie Sane in this exact way. Like, it's a thing that this this finish, which I love, is now becoming a tad bit ubiquitous. And I think it might lose its specialness when you when a guy wins like is it's the Bret Hart one up against who did he beat that way he up against Bret Hart uh, pinned a guy when he was in Steve the, Austin Survivor Series yeah, ninety six yeah. that I think he beat Piper that way too yeah um and and that's the thing that that it was so those those finishes are legendary yeah and I don't think it should be a thing that happens all the time because then that it doesn't seem as special but I'll reserve judgment until they start having Samoa Joe lose every match that way from now on. Well, let's put it this way. We, I on the SmackDown show when I was still on it and, and you, Alex and, and Sean Rossap, Yes. We, we were, we've been begging for subtlety and storylines and they don't usually pull it off all that well. And this one, you know what? I hadn't even noticed the tap until they showed it. And you're just yeah. like, wow, they By really design. pulled that. They pulled that oh, off. Perfectly done. Perfectly they done. pulled it off. They had the right camera angles. They they didn't show it all. It didn't show all that well when AJ did it. This was pretty damn good for WWE in terms of trying to pull off subtlety. And I thought, you know what? And on any other card, if this was the only ref heat spot, this would be something yeah. we'd be remembering right now. True. I'm excited to watch SmackDown Tuesday. I want to yeah. see what unfolds. I want to see how Becky reacts to Charlotte. I want to see what's up with Rusev Day. 
I want to see how this unfolds. However, they already did make the match for Super Showdown. Joe wasn't happy. He said, no, I want it sooner than that. But Paige continues to look great as a general manager because Joe's yelling at her and she's like, don't fucking talk to me like that. <laughs> to this behemoth. Yeah. She's just straight up like, ayo, bitch, shut your mouth. I'll give you your match. You deserve it. So Paige looks confident. She looks strong. She looks respectable. And Joe respected her after that. He was like, yeah, okay. And they they have a match. Uh, Must be a winner at Super Showdown. Any thoughts on this, Jeff? Um... Yeah, no, I haven't really thought that that far in advance. I, I don't know. <laughs> you, try I'm, two days away from the event and then still don't think that far in advance because it's Super Showdown. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I just think all the Aussies are going to lose on that card. That's all. That's the only thing I'm thinking about. The Iconics and Buddy Murphy are both losing. Yeah. Are they even booked? Are they, are they booked? Buddy Murphy's booked, right? I know that. Yeah, yeah the, the Iconics, Iconics are going against Oscar yeah. and uh, Naomi. Yeah, I'll look at the card a week before it happens. Yeah, no, it's it, this is going to be the house show blunder down under. Uh, it's it's just going to be. I'm 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 convinced. I'm like we 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 were trying to do crazy mathematics far in advance of the greatest Royal Rumble to figure out how it might not be a house show, and then it was a house show. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm expecting the same thing with this. I, I would love to be proven wrong, Me but too. I just I just don't think that that's what's going to happen. I think well, at the very least. They do have Miz and Daniel Bryan for the WWE title shot, which (laughs) the way that I look at it is this. You can't leave that show feeling ripped off yet. Right. Because somebody's getting a title shot and there's no conclusion after that show that it means absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. Because if you remember, Alex, I was like, charlie day with the the board on it's always sunny in philadelphia before that i was like they could switch this title and this title and move it back and because of the shakeup rematch here rematch there and they could go really intricately in this for greatest royal rumble they didn't do a nothing you had a title change but it was by default there because the titles were vacant yep there we go miz and mrs defeated brie bella and daniel bryan miz tries to run from brian but miz tags out to uh Maurice, who just tags him right back in. This is a lot of smoke and mirrors. Miz is laid on a Hurricane Rana cell after getting knocked off the top rope. But Daniel Bryan, the thing I took the most uh, from this San Antonio crowd, he was very over with them. And for a guy who has been kind of just made a guy as opposed to the guy, Jeff, I thought that, that the level of over this guy was for a tag match that you knew was going to be smoke and mirrors was pretty impressive. Yeah. This is the point of the show where it kind of goes from outstanding two thumbs up to meh. It was good. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But, but Daniel Bryan, I mean, I commented on this this week. Has there ever, I mean, when he was set to come back, he was going to be the most over guy on the roster. And now he's just a guy on the roster and it's, you know these live pay-per-view crowds will keep will keep that heat up there, but I see I still don't know if they know what they have in the guy. I really don't. They're they're using him with with uh, you know to help plug reality shows and things of that nature. I, I think I, I they think do, but I think they want to manufacture the same thing that they got nice. naturally, not even just got naturally that they got in spite of their decisions years mm-hmm. ago. I think they're trying to manufacture that again. 
I don't know if Miz is the guy that can manufacture that because by now, most of the people that are going to have that type of reaction kind of respect the Miz for what he does. They'll go along with him as a heel because he is the wave as a heel. He's really great. But This is the blood feud that never happened, and everybody's kind of waiting for the next feud for Daniel Bryan. I think that's the, the problem here in, in many ways is we want, is we have a certain expectation, especially the people who are huge Daniel Bryan. Oh, you got Joe, you got AJ, you got all these guys. And say, like, okay, we're going to put him with the Miz. Great. Let's see the angry blood feud out of control. These two really hate each other type of feud. And, you know, we've, we've been kind of subjected to. Let's get know, the wives into it. Yeah, we got the wives involved in reality TV stuff. And I got to say, Maurice, I love her as a performer. Like, I think that years ago, from a body language perspective, she got it when a lot of the, the women on the roster didn't. But Miz gets punched in the schnoz when he tries to stop Bree. This is after Miz had trolled Bree with yes kicks, and Maurice had broken up a yes lock, essentially. But Bree's baseball slides through his leg, beats up Marie, gets her with a missile dropkick and a Thez press. I thought that Bree in the ring looked miles better than her raw performances. It could, it didn't take much. And Maurice had great facial expressions. My one knock on that was the angle they used for knee mode. Bad. The, the, they need the one where Bree has a side, like one of the ropes on the left or the right side, not the one facing the hard camera. Cause you can see where the knee doesn't connect. It looks like she's running her pubic bone right into the forehead of Maurice, which, hey, you never know. There's your blue choo choo. <laughs> I don't know what the Kegel exercises are doing for women these days, but I don't think that worked. She gets pinned by Maurice anyway, and the pin was ugly, Alex, but this was this was a match that happened. The match existed. I'll say that. Um, I was so into this Miz and Brian feud heading into SummerSlam, and I loved that match they had. And um, right before Joe and AJ, a buddy of mine uh, messaged me and said, I can't believe this is going on so early. And I was like, we only have this match plus Ronda's match plus the, the you know, Bra- Braun and Roman. He was like, no, 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 there's, there's the mixed tag. And I was like, oh, right, that match I, t- I entirely forgot about. Like, I-, I completely forgot this match existed because I wanted to, because I had blocked it from my mind because I was so done with this the way they're doing this feud now i don't i don't really care about the way that they're running it now it just it's lost all of its heat it's just it's just daniel bryan like i'm gonna punch you and Miz like no you're not and it's i I don't know it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me um i did not like this um one bit uh and i i uh i did i I thought the mat the the finish was was incredibly sloppy um i'll i'll be excited when they figure out a way of doing this that allows the women to be a part of it without like being the focus of it, which is what I felt they have been uh, throughout this build. Um, because it, I just don't, I don't take Marie or Maurice seriously as in-ring performers. They, they've used this to push reality shows instead of pushing the wrestling shows. Exactly. Exactly. And that's like a that. crime because this was one of the hottest things that they could have possibly had. Right. Talking smack was must watch. Uh, and to the point to where I wrote a column this week that's probably not going to drop for a while about shows I'd like to see revived and ones I don't. I don't want to see Talking Smack back. Renee Young's on Raw. Daniel no. Bryan's wrestling. No, thanks. Nope. Don't need to see Talking Smack back ever without them because they yeah. made it special. And 
the interactions with some of the stars. Daniel Bryan with the Usos from a positive perspective. Oh. Daniel Bryan with the Miz from a, a conflict perspective. Uh, sometimes when people would step over the line and go at Renee, that because Renee is so beloved and Daniel was so beloved, it made it special. And they had just made him just a dude. I'm I'm still waiting for the the one random SmackDown where they where they have a a six man tag because there's feuds that that intertwine and they make Daniel Bryan wrestle alongside the Usos and we get a sweet beats um a thing that happens in the ring that they never explain but you had to have been watching those episodes yeah. of Talking Smack to get the joke just give it to us as a love letter and then move on from it I I I'm still wanting that. As we're low on time, let's go ahead and get into the uh, next match. Ronda Rousey defeated Alexa Bliss to retain the title. I dissent from what I saw. I think it was Jimmy Van said that he thought Rousey's selling was good. I thought her body language and her selling was bad, Bad. especially in the corner early on. I did not like this match. It looked like a match that was rehearsed for two people to put on at the Aberdeen River Park. And let me tell you, I would know. Rousey, like, matadored, just olayed Alexa into her buddies. Rousey's footwork is still off for a woman whose knees are shredded. The way that she stands up sometime, I'm like, why hasn't anybody told her or conditioned her to not do that? Like, there's a reason why you see wrestlers turn, pivot, and turn around so they don't wreck their knees, so they can stay on the same page with other wrestlers. But you do that from just a... I mean, basketball players don't get up the way that Ronda Rousey does, and football players don't because they don't want to wreck their knees. So that, that takes me out of it a little bit. Rousey's back gives out after having it worked over. I don't mind Rousey having competitive matches, but here's the deal. She beats up men. She beat up Triple H. And Alexa Bliss is a skin-of-her-teeth champion who's booked remarkably like Carmella. I, I almost expect her to have a feud with Heath Slater next. But we're supposed to buy that Ronda Rousey's having trouble with her. But what's Alexa doing that that's out of Rousey's depth? Like, is she striking to the spine? No. Is she using, uh, is she ripping at one finger, which you can't do in MMA? Is she doing any of the things that Ronda Rousey shouldn't be accustomed to? No. The lazy booking, I don't think, just extends to the Riot Squad Absolution Parallels. I think it's with Alexa Bliss, too. I think this was their attempt to give her the Carmella-Charlotte match, but it wasn't. It was not that. Uh, It's not all bad. I thought that Rousey had one of the smoothest goddamn backslides I have ever seen in my life. Like, she just turned around and yanked Bliss right into it. I've never seen one that good. And that gut-wrench powerbomb she did was filthy. That was impressive. However, that arm bar she's doing, I'll break it down in a moment. But Alex, your thoughts on this match? For uh, First off, I want to say, for the crybabies come at me, she's like 25 matches in. Oh, yeah. 25 matches in, she's unbelievable. For where she's at in her career, it's insane how good she is. And I will, that will preface everything I say after that. Uh, did not like this match one bit. I do not like the way that they – like. You have this really special thing that you've decided to just book like all your other babyface champions. Like, I don't understand why you would do that. Um, Also, you're running back the same thing where you had a feud between Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax. And you had to find a way for Alexa Bliss to make the the match 
competitive. So you had Nia Jax sell throughout the entire match until she finally won. And this thing, I guess they were trying to set it up in weeks prior with, you know, she's got bad ribs. But if you actually watch the, 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 the video package setting up this match, it's all over the place where the ribs are that, she, that are, she's selling. Like she actually gets, she's selling the, the ribs on her left side of her body throughout all the matches le- leading up to tonight. And tonight it's all on the right side. So like, are all of her ribs bruised? Like every one of them? Why is she doing cross body presses? Why in God's name would you do a running cross body if you have bruised ribs and that's not even part of your normal moveset? It's ridiculous. Why? Like, and I don't blame either one of these women who are in this match. It was agented like shit. Like, it's totally unbelievable. I did not like it at all. Jeffrey, your thoughts? I don't think Ronda's ready for prime time. I think she does some good moves and she has some great transitions, but. Look, Shayna Baszler. I like her. Shayna Baszler spent two years working the Shimmers and the Shines, and you know, and working with the Mercedes Martinez's and working with the Nicole Savoy's and working and and honing her craft. Ronda gets put up here, and she's put with Alexa Bliss. Uh look, Ronda has bad gear. I think she needs new gear, and Alexa Perfect. Bliss does not. Alexa Bliss does not need to be kept strong. I don't understand no. this thinking. No. Alexa Bliss's gimmick is that she's a small, tiny, pretty girl who can talk smack and can occasionally win a match. That's that's the gimmick. She doesn't have to, she's not a world beater. She's not Casey Catanzaro. You don't need her to have, you know, a 50-50 match with 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 a person who's a UFC champion. From the personality perspective, I see her almost like a female edge. She is an opportunist. Yes. She runs her mouth and she figures out ways to win. I think this booking is counterproductive for her. She's, yeah, she's a bit flair, like flair in the late 80s, maybe early 90s more so, where he was losing every match and could talk. But but Alexa is a personality. She doesn't need to be kept strong in terms of wrestling credibility necessarily. She doesn't need to be made into Carmella, but she doesn't need to be made like this. You have enough outside interference to do that. But having a 50-50 match here, look, have one spot where she takes advantage of hurt ribs. That's all she needs. But look, Ronda's – and what here's the thing that bugged me most of all a little bit. The talking. There was a lot of talking throughout this whole yeah. card, but especially yeah. this match where it felt like she was almost giving commentary for her own match. It's like, why, why is there so much of this now on the main roster? Because it used to be just a couple of performers. Now everybody's doing it. It used to be – outlawed yeah they used to not let you do it so i don't know uh let's talk about this goddamn arm bar because everybody's been hitting me up about it your your thing i'm gonna back off (laughs) far be it for me to tell ronda rousey how to do an arm bar get the feeling she's a little bit better at them than me a little bit this arm bar i don't know if it's her or they have her do it i've asked i've asked multiple people and haven't gotten an answer She's doing this arm bar that doesn't make any sense. The arm is back like this, and hey, maybe it works. Maybe it's painful, but the way that they have her doing it makes it look like it's not applied. Because the idea is you get your elbow past the crotch of the person doing it and avoid it being hyperextended. Rousey loops her arm around the wrist and essentially is, is working the elbow. But we've seen it a million times. People know you get on your back, raise your shoulders up off the ground, 
Use your crotch essentially as a fulcrum. You bend the elbow. We've seen it from from Oscar. We've seen it from Becky Lynch. We've seen it a million times. Alberto Del Rio used to do a damn good one. I don't know what's up with this, but it takes me out of it a little bit. It's weird. And I hope that Ronda goes to them and says, hey, you know I can do these. You know I can... I can do these safely. I can work it. I can shoot it. Let her do it. Main event time. There is no result to this match. It is a WWE Universal Championship match and Braun Strowman's Money in the Bank cash-in, which just raises... Boy, I usually put an hour limit on this, and we're at 58 minutes. We ain't getting this done in an hour. Mm. Special guest referee Mick Foley. So first off, I want to ask this. Money in the bank cash in. Why? Special guest referee. Why? In hell in a cell. Why? More referee heat. Why? Let's get through the meat of the match. Strowman pretty quickly knocks Reigns off the apron and into the cell. Braun takes some really good bumps to the outside of the ring. I love how he does these. He takes them like really high velocity. Reigns grabs a kendo stick and a chair to attack Braun, but Strowman's able to catch them both. And as is tradition, he gets posted. Strowman hits a choke slam off a Superman punch attempt. Uh, Foley's count is really rough. If you notice, he goes like this. Most WWE, most officials who know what they're doing, they'll do it and they'll swing their arm around. That makes it easier to keep a cadence that doesn't like go off. But uh, this is really just like do a move, sell a long time, call the next spot, call the next spot over and over and over again. There's stairs to the head of Reigns and then a power slam. He kicks out. Braun says, why won't you stay down, you moron? Which was a great spot. Reigns lands a couple of Superman punches and spears Strowman through the table for two. Up until this point, Alex, what did you think of the action? Uh, I was like, I, I did actually enjoy the, the the tension between Mick Foley and Braun Strowman that moved that storyline along to a point where I thought it was going to come into play where Mick might uh, screw Strowman intentionally because Strowman's being a bit physical with him, Uh, whatever. There's a lot of things that could have happened at this point. At this point, this match was doing fine. I was waiting for, um, waiting for like Strowman to like power slam uh, Roman through the cage and we get stuff to spill to the outside and all this kind of stuff. And I thought that was going to happen. I was waiting for that. I did not know that the spear through the table in the corner was going to be the last move <laughs> that either man did to each other. And I'm pretty sure the, the match lasted another 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, man. So let's talk about that That 10 minutes. Dogs of War show up. They get attacked by Rollins and Ambrose. Also, Jeff, I wanted to point out, the new LCD monitors are not as dramatic to pull out of the announcer's table as the old CRT. <laughs> no, no, they're, they're not. To the point to where I think McIntyre just smashed one. He was just like, ah. Rollins and Ziggler are fighting on the cage. McIntyre follows. Ambrose does too with a kendo stick. There's this double clothesline spot with Ambrose and McIntyre. Jeff, I screamed. I was so scared of what was going to happen. I was happy the top of that cage held. Me too. Me too. Uh, Look, uh, this whole thing, you know, we were kind of expecting it. I was expecting maybe to go all over the place a bit. I hated the Rollins-Ziggler table bump spot. 
I just what? felt it was this, ludicrous. This it was contrived. It. it was contrived. You could hear you could hear them ask if each other were ready. You know, it, it just did not look organic at all. I I just went, eh. They just why does it KJ to be that high? If you're gonna climb down half of it, why does it need to be that high? Why are you climbing up it to begin with? Like, like Corey Graves says, Gort, Dave, Ziggler's trying to get away from Rollins. I'm pretty sure there are other means of egress than <laughs> climbing the cage. Like, I understand why Why then, like, okay, once it's Rollins and Ziggler up there, I understand why Drew climbs it, and then I understand why Dean climbs it after them. I don't understand why they go up there to begin with. WWE, and why they, res- sorry, WWE yeah. wrestlers at Hell in a Cell, women in horror movies. Yes. Always yeah. go upstairs. <laughs> Always so go stupid. upstairs. <laughs> Don't go in there. You're so stupid. Don't oh, go in there. God. <laughs> Bitch, get out the cage. Bitch, get out the cage. Get off of the cage. You don't want to be up there. Oh, man. Oh, man. So they fall off good 20 feet up. Totally. Brock Lesnar is here. Kicks the door off the goddamn hinges. That was a very cool looking spot. I thought he was just going to pick up the cage door. And beat them with it. Me Instead, too. he does something equally as ridiculous by going Saturday night, yeah, Saturday night Slam Masters mode, and picks up a table and breaks it over their backs. <laughs> F five on Braun. F five on Reigns onto Braun. Lesnar's back. We had reported this earlier in the night. His deal has been extended a little bit, although they're. The plans were not firm heading into this weekend. Jeff, your thoughts on Brock being back in the fold when we thought we were rid of him? Good. I don't want to see him do UFC. I don't want to see him <laughs> embarrass himself for, for a round, get winded, and then maybe punch himself out. I I he, liked everything about this Brock thing except for the logic that this is hell in a cell meant to keep two people in the cell locked in. And then a guy comes in, destroys both of them, and we don't get a finish. I wanted a finish. I don't care who pins who after that. You have plenty of talking points. I want someone pinned. And apparently the live crowd hated the ending to this match. But I loved the beatdown, although it looked like Brock wasn't really taking care of either guy with those table shots. I, especially the last one on, I think it was Braun, where geez, he's just writhing in pain. I felt for him. Uh, Brock looks uh, looks like he's in the USADA testing program, though. Uh-huh. He, looks, he looks very slim and trim. Got that um, beard, though. Yeah, he got the yeah. beard. Um, we, we, we skipped a, a plot point where, for some reason, Paul Heyman maces Mick Foley. Why <laughs> is Foley in the match? Why is Foley even in the match? If anybody could have done the counts that Braun Strowman got mad at, Anybody could have done that. He didn't. He, he added nothing to this match whatsoever. Um, and then Brock comes in. He, he he hits him with the table. He f fives him, and then the new ref comes in and immediately calls the match over. Listen, we've seen both Braun and Roman take all kinds of punishment from each other over the past year and a half. That was not. Anywhere, it was so much more than what we saw tonight. The fact that they couldn't continue. Like, here's the other thing. Earlier in the night, we had a guy fall off the top of the cage, 
ribs first through a table, and they made the ref count a pinfall in that match. Later on, we got an update from the medical center, and he was coughing up blood. So like whatever whatever's happening with Braun and Roman, they weren't coughing up blood. There's no reason for this match not to have a finish at all. I'm so, I'm sorry. Do we not have 13 authority figures in the back that yeah. could possibly possibly comment on this in <laughs> any way? Given that who is putting over his own abilities as an authority figure earlier in the night. Keep in mind, Reigns got F5'd onto Strowman. Yes. And I had somebody with the balls to say to me, Oh, but nobody could nobody could get up. Well, you wait until they can. Yeah, exactly. The, it's the be is, all end all. Is it's there funny. a time limit? It's funny that <laughs> that this Saturday I recorded a FightfulSelect.com retro review that, that will go up next month with John Baez and Mr. Warren Hayes, and we covered One Night Stand 06. ECW, Extreme, Hardcore, Sabu and Rey Mysterio take a nasty spill outside, and you got the guy from the New York Commission come out and say, no, no, they can't fight anymore. And we're like, what? Wait until one gets up. What are you? It's ECW. This is hell in a cell. Yeah. They painted the damn cage red to make it look like it was hell. Yeah. Um, the, the, here's the thing. The WWE will say the reason they did this was to make both guys look strong. Uh, all three guys look yeah, strong. All three guys. Well, especially, though, Braun and Roman, who are so strong, they can't stand up and finish a match. After, after they've been taking a nap inside the cage for 15 minutes since a simple spear through a table. Like, Roman speared Strowman through the table, and Roman couldn't get up. Well, that keeps him look strong. Like, uh, oh, God, this was so pointless. It didn't make any damn sense, and I don't know where it's going, and I don't know if I care. Well, here, <sighs> here's, where it's, here's where it's going. It's going to Australia, where we have the first in our series of six-man tag matches. Oh, God damn. Like, this is fine, which is going to be a good match and a lot of fun, but will also be pointless and lead nowhere. Oh, I want Mick Foley doing his Bronco Lubitsch uh, impression all down there. If, if that, that, that's dated, but watch old world-class shows, and there's this ancient referee who gets down on all fours to make every count and just kind of does this, like, <laughs> one, two, three. I want the, now I want Mick Foley to referee every one of these matches in the series. <laughs> they do have 10 matches confirmed for Super Showdown. Triple H versus Undertaker, Brian versus Miz, Lashley and Cena against Elias and KO, the Shield oh, no. against Dogs the of War. Me- the mega athlete Bobby Lashley to add another yes. terrible nickname. God. I want I want seven of those matches on this card to be Braun and Roman. With well, AJ, AJ defends against Joe, Bella Twins and Rousey against the Riot Squad. Cedric defends against Buddy Murphy, New Day against the Bar. Asuka and Naomi against the Iconics, and Becky Lynch defends against Charlotte Flair. Oh, burn. We have post-Raw, post-SmackDown shows. We have Listen Your Boy Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern. And don't forget our full slate of Fightful MMA podcasts as a whole. I thought this was a damn good, damn fun, and damn enjoyable show. Jeff, what will you think of years down the line when somebody says, Hell in a Cell, and you say... What? And then you look it up on Wikipedia. And I'll say the first two thirds of the show were fantastic. And the last third brought it down a little bit, but did not, uh, did not dampen my enthusiasm. 
Alex, you are much less enthused. <laughs> How do you feel about this? Uh, I, I I don't know why the last match happened. Um, I, I don't know why the uh, the main event in the Hell in the Cell. I don't know why it happened because we're we're right back to where we started. Uh, except for now, Brock's back, which everyone was so excited to see him gone, and now he's back. Hooray! Um, I'm, I'm looking I'm, forward to your episode of How Did This Get Made? <laughs> I I did love the first two thirds. The last three matches just made me go, "What?" So, guys, show me a little bit of love. I have a new column about Renee Young up on Fightful.com. Also, the latest edition of Making a Finisher. It's my new series where I talk to wrestlers and go inside the psychology of how they develop their finish, why they use it, who takes it the best, who takes it the worst. Maybe sometimes it went smoothly and not so smoothly, and even some of their old ones. My first guest was Adam Hangman Page talking the Rite of Passage and how he modified that with Young Bucks. The next one, or the one that dropped today, was Raven talking his Even Flow DDT, his Raven Effect DDT. And uh, we also have videos out on those as well. And his immediate reaction when I said, who took it the worst? And without even blinking an eye, he said, oh, Sandman, he sucked. That was probably my favorite part of that entire series that we've done thus far. Check that out. It's something a little bit new, a little bit different I'm doing. If you all subscribe to Fightful Select Tier 2, you had access to those months ago, weeks ago in some cases. But check it out. Jeff, let the people know where they can follow you on social media. I am at Crap Game 13 You can follow my show at Shake Them Ropes. Alex? You can follow me at Palowski the Fourth. I'll be right back here tomorrow night and Tuesday night asking myself the same question. Why the hell are we watching this stuff? If you all are in the mood for more Hell in a Cell talk, check out our friends at Pro Wrestling Unlimited. They cover the fight for wrestling weekly every week. They will be at Fighting Spirit Un- Un- Unleashed. Ah, stuttered there. Check them out. They are over like 115, 120,000 subscribers strong. Thank you, guys. Follow me at Sean Ross at follow us at Fightful online, but visit Fightful.com. We're out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.